And we are live. Woohoo! And welcome to episode 57 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. Um, we are now powered by Q. I am your host, Lisa Nowakowski, and I'm a fifth grade teacher in South Monterey County here in California. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional tech coach in Northwest LA County, also in California. Just a quick reminder about our 15 minute format. We aren't any longer because ain't nobody got time for more than that. No, they don't. And so here is today's coffee fact. I know you've been waiting for this, Tammy. Um, uh -huh. <clears throat> did you know that you don't have to use tech? You can't. You don't have to use tech to be innovative. That's what we celebrate. Um, and you don't have to be artistic to create great coffee art either. So we found these coffee stencils on Amazon for less than five dollars. So you can decorate your cappuccino with sixteen. Yes, sixteen different shapes, including a smiley face, love hearts, and even a panda. Aww. So no shipping charges if you're an Amazon Prime member, and we'll, we're going to give you the link to that as well. So tonight's guest is Tammy Lind, who will be talking to us about creating makers in the with elementary students. So Tammy, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Hi, my name is Tammy Lind. I'm a coach in the South Milwaukee School District in Wisconsin, just south of Milwaukee. Uh, and I work kindergarten through eighth grade, and then a little bit at the high school level, but mostly uh, K-8. And um, I have the greatest job. I get to use technology all day, every day with kids and, and teachers. So it's a lot of fun. I love that. I love when people say they have the greatest job. You can tell that they're so passionate about what they do. I do. Um, I love it. That's great. So you're going to be talking to us tonight about a classroom-based maker space or a classroom-based maker. So maker space is a really great concept, but it varies by levels and is oftentimes, you know, to access the resources. So how do classroom-based makers differ from what we think of as, you know, a traditional or traditional maker space? Sure. Sure. No, you know, one of the things that we really uh, focused on with ours was trying to get the, that mindset. I really, I really believe that makers, it's just a mindset. It's a creative and innovative mindset that you should have and that kids should have. And so what we tried to do is not make it a place. So a maker room or in the library or, you know, make it a specific place. We wanted it to be um, available to kids all day, every day in their classroom. And that is not to disparage spaces or library uh, makers. It's just at the time that we did it, we didn't have one. And so we were in the position where we needed to uh, create our own. Um, and that's really how we started. We put, it's literally in our classrooms. I have, um, we just started with second grade. We had third, fourth and fifth grade maker areas in classrooms. And the neat part about it is we oftentimes will see it carry over into um, what the kids are doing with their teachers. Um, as an example, in math class, uh, we had kids give a little shout out in the middle. I, I learned about that in my maker project. And so that was part of the fun that, um, you know, that we get to see. We see that carryover. Um, and then that's part of our belief, you know, in having it, that mindset really permeate the culture of a classroom. That's really great. I love that it's a mindset because it, it can be, and we have a makerspace at my school, so, and mm -hmm. I love it and yeah. you know, we use it. 
but yeah, it can be one of those things that it's, it's another room, so it's a special time, whereas when it's in the classroom, it's more accessible to the teachers and to the kids, and it sounds like you can incorporate it a lot easier. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's not, it's definitely not for everybody, because it can be very messy, as you know. Um, but but we really found that we got, we were able to get to that mindset quicker uh, by just having it accessible to them whenever they wanted. You know, essentially, anytime that the teacher could build that in, they have it. That's great. We do have a teacher at my school who started hers a couple years ago, and she just has it in the corner. She calls it Creative Corner. Yep. And it doesn't have to be maker. It doesn't have to be, you know, whatever it's called. It's that mindset of just giving kids that space and time. So did you get this going throughout your district? And how did you get it started? You know, you talked about the mindset and getting it going. So how did you get it going? Sure. So I, again, I have a job where I work in all of our classrooms. We're a pretty small district. We're about 3,500. And so when Maker first started, you know, kind of getting on everybody's radar, this was, I believe, about three and a half, four years ago. I I heard about it and I I read a little bit about it and I thought, you know, I'm going to go to the teachers that I know, first of all, I know will try it and do their best try to make it work. And second, well, tell me, Tammy, you're nuts. There's no way this can work in a classroom. You know, they would they would be very honest and open and honest with me. And so I went to eight teachers um, in my district and said, hey, there's this thing called Maker. This is what it is. If I can, you know, find some professional development for you and, and start you down that path, uh, would you be willing to try it? And they did. And we spent our first year, we met every month. Um, they they spent time in the summer on professional development and then we met every month and i i supported them in any way that i possibly could whether it's i came and got to play with them uh, uh, <clears throat> brought people in that could work with them and that's what we did uh, and i'll tell you i i don't know that they could do it any other way now um and that has grown it's grown now into other buildings it's grown down to other grade levels um, that was in fourth and fifth that it really started, and then it's down now to second and third. Um, but that's really how we got started. And for teachers that aren't, you know, I get a, a lot of questions on, I'm, I'm not really okay with that cardboard all over my classroom or wood or whatever it is. Uh, for those teachers, I really, we pushed um, forward with design challenges. So we make those a little bit more structured and a little less messy, but still allowing kids that innovative, creative time and space. That's great. So you really kind of helped to tailor it to the the, the teachers' needs and what they um, were wanting sure. to do and what they felt comfortable with. I yeah. love that. And just starting with eight teachers and how it's grown, that must have been awesome to watch that grow. Um, it is, because we didn't know. I mean, we, we had no idea. <laughs> so did that then, watching those eight teachers, did they then inspire other teachers? Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And it, and that's kind of how it grew. It grew up and it grew down. And, um, you know, one of the things we do want to do, uh, move toward is getting our K one and two kids more involved in that, in that process. Uh, and so I'm starting to work with, in fall with, uh, K and one, you know, honestly, kindergarten really is a, a, it is a maker space. I mean, if you really look at when I talk to a lot of kindergarten teachers there, you know, when we talk about maker, a lot of times they say, yeah, we do that. We, we give kids that time and space to do that. And um, 
So what we've been trying to do is figure out how to push more of the design um, mindset down into KN1. Um, it's a little bit more difficult because you want to put some time and space to it or time and shape to it. But sometimes with the little littles, time and, and shape to a project or to a, you know, that kind of, of classroom time is really hard for them. Yeah. So it sounds like you're really focusing a lot, not just on the whole idea of makerspace, but also that design aspect of it Absolutely. too and incorporating yeah. it. Yeah, and just having that mindset in the class. That's really the key. That's the bottom line of, of everything that we do is having that mindset. And that is so important. And it's so great to hear that so many of your teachers are inspiring others and, and leading the way. It's I love when that happens. So what considerations uh, should we have when designing a classroom-based makerspace? You know, do you have teachers um, that our listeners could reach out to and connect with if they have questions? Absolutely. Um, you guys publish show notes, right? Yes. Um, I will put, I put our, I did a poster session at ISTE on this topic and um, the teachers that I work with gave me a ton of resources. One of the biggest things is called a giving tree and that's just how they get their materials. They have a giving tree up on their wall and they have apples with uh, the materials that they need and parents and grandparents and aunties and uncles take those off and, and donate materials. And that's just one sample of what's in that document. So I'll, I'll leave that for the show notes. Um, I, if anyone is interested in talking to any of the teachers, I'm happy to put them in contact. Um, I don't, I didn't put their contact information on the document because I didn't want them to get, you know, 800 emails from, <laughs> from people. So I was kind of hoping to, you know, make that handshake for them. So I'm happy to do that. Yeah, and we will have all of that information, your contact information, as well as the ISTE poster session um, that you gave us um, the access to. We'll put all of that um, in our show notes so that anybody who has any questions can go ahead and get a hold of you. Um, so is there anything else that you would like to add to, you know, this excitement of the maker in the sure. room? One of the things that I get asked a lot is what about what for, what about for the kids that aren't in those classes? So I have a fifth grade you know teacher that maybe doesn't want to do either design or maker. Uh, and what we did was we worked with the elementary library media specialists and we created um, some more innovative station work for those kids so that even kids that weren't in classes where teachers ventured down that maker idea, the kids would still have that same opportunity. So I would really encourage you, if you're just starting, uh, to really make sure that your your teachers, your go-getter teachers that are going to do it, make sure that you have plans for the kids that may not be in those classes so they get those similar opportunities and experiences. That's a really good suggestion. Yeah, because, you know, we don't want anybody to feel left out and and things like that. Um, so there, are there any other considerations uh, that we should have when designing our own classroom-based uh, makerspace? Well, space is a big one. <laughs> you know, you do that in storage. I think any of my teachers would tell you storage is a, that's a big deal. Uh, because a lot of times, you know, I have teachers that do from 30 minutes a week up to two and a half hours a week. And the 30 minute a week projects oftentimes don't get completed. And so there has to be storage area for that. There has to be a place to um, keep those mid, those projects that are, are being completed. Um, the document also uh, from the poster gives a whole list of things that my classroom teachers would really recommend um, starting out with. There's a whole list of supplies and 
ideas that they're going to want to think about when starting. Um, oh, safety goggles would be a good one. <laughs> safety goggles are big. That's a big one. That's a gr that's great. Well, I I appreciate that. I'm sure our listeners will also appreciate that too. Um, yeah. So we just have a couple minutes left. So is there anything else that you wanted to share? Wrap up. You know what? If if anyone wants to, I have videos. I'm happy to. If they want to reach out, I'm happy to share those um, or put anybody in contact. Uh, just one little piece of advice. Um, a lot of kids by third, fourth, and fifth grade, they're not really used to uh, being allowed that, that creative time. So you might get a lot of toilet paper roll projects. You might get a lot of, you know, marble run projects. And so you kind of want to be prepared to have those conversations about what creativity and innovation really means and what that can look like. Um, and I, I would recommend taking a look into the document as well because we have kind of that continuum of what you'll see from kids. You get very, very, a lot of excitement and then you kind of level out and then you have a lot of excitement and then you level out. So, you know, don't expect it to take off the minute that you start. Just be patient and push, you know, you know your kids, push where you can push. Yes, patience is is a key, I, I think. So do you recommend challenges for the kids or how does that work for you? Um, you know, it really depends on, um, I, it depends on the kids and on the teachers. Um, it, I wouldn't recommend too many challenges because we tried not to put too much shape to the project. Sorry, I'm moving here. Uh, we didn't want to put too much shape to some of the projects because we wanted to give kids all of that time and space. Um, but you know your kids. If you need to provide shape and context for them, that's what you do, you know. All right. Well, that was our timer. So you have one minute to wrap it up. <laughs> all right. One minute to wrap it up. No pressure. Um, do it. I, I got to tell you, just try it. Don't. You're not going to you're not going to regret it. Just give yourself that time and space to get frustrated. Give yourself that time and space to know that you need to reach out for help um, and just try it and celebrate success and celebrate failure with kids and do it with the kids. Um, you know, take something. I, we have kids cooking. We have kids sewing. We have kids doing woodwork. You know, try it. Try it with them. Try something that you're interested in and let them see you attempt and fail. And that, that is important to kind of do that, do it alongside with them. So we thank you so much. And we thank, um, thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. Uh, tonight's comment question is, what is your favorite thing to do in a makerspace? We've all had them. We've all seen them. We may not have labeled them as makerspace, but we've all been there. So what is your favorite thing to do? And please join us on Monday, August 6th, when our guest will be Judy Blakeney uh, talking to us about strength-based learning. Um, thank you. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like the show, and of course you do, please <laughs> rate and leave a review on iTunes so people can find us. Remember, we're always looking for guests to share the great things they're doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks for listening. <laughs>